Good afternoon, everybody that's uh, tuning in. My name's Dennis. I've already been introduced, but if you haven't seen me before, this is me. So, a warm welcome to everybody. Um, we're going to continue in the series that we have been doing for several weeks on spiritual gifts and healing. That's what I'm going to be speaking on today. I love the title, as you've probably heard before, of Gifted to Go, and the whole idea of the gifts, the spiritual gifts, is so that we can go in and uh, we can impart what God gives to us to other people and what God wants to say and what God wants to do. The scripture that we're kind of focused on over the past few weeks is 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 7 to 11. Not going to read it. I'm hoping it's coming up at my back, and it is, which is great. And two things I just want to say about the scripture is one is that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for the common good, which for me just means everybody, not just the church, but for the people out there. And uh, the whole idea that just takes up that theme again of gifted to go and to bring God to the people who are outside. Um, if you don't or you're not a Christian today, you might find this a little bit strange talking about gifts You'll just have to uh, bear with us in this one, um, but uh, hopefully that something will come across to you. One of the things I would say at the very beginning is that the, the Scripture, for God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, may be very relevant to you today, and I hope that you get some sort of picture of the love of God for you in, uh, in what I'm, I'm going to be saying Verse 11 of the same scripture says that gifts are distributed through the Holy Spirit as he decides to give them to us. Um, which I would say at the beginning is something that um, doesn't mean that we sit in our hands and just wait for God to sort of land on us as church and put his gifts upon us. The Bible says, seek for God with all your heart and you'll find him. And it is good for us to seek gifts. In fact, it's good for us to actually have a sense of, I really, really want gifts in my life. Why? Because I want to be able to go and impart what God is saying to people and what God wants to do with people. And so I want to say this to you right now is to expect God. Every time I've ever spoken about God and speak about the Holy Spirit, he turns up. He arrives. He arrives in wherever I might be. I'm looking at a fairly empty hall, but... The Holy Spirit is alighting on people in this hall, is touching people. I would say to you that one of the things that you have to do is you've got to make room for God. As I was preparing this word, um, I was thinking you've almost got to put some of your thinking in your back pocket or out the road and just be wide open to what God wants to say to you. And the Holy Spirit really, really wants to impart himself to you in some means and in particularly, we're talking about healing today, so that's the focus, I believe, that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you about. Somebody once said that Christians have got more faith for the devil to deceive us than for God to bless us. We get so panicky, we get so uh, afraid of thinking, is this of God or it's not of God? And it's right to do that. But there's also a side whereby we almost are so afraid that somehow or other God's got it in for us. Or, or that somehow he's not going to turn up, or perhaps, you know, we might just get it absolutely wrong, so we never go anywhere. Sometimes we just stand absolutely still, and we don't go anywhere at all in the way God wants us to go, and so therefore God can't move and through us. We have to be open 
We have to be open today for God to speak to your heart. If you're in any way closed off or if you're any way trying to sort of figure it all out, there's a very good chance you'll miss it. And the one thing we don't want to miss is God turning up and trying to change something within us. Some of the way perhaps we're thinking and we're perhaps feeling a little bit, why is this happening or why do I feel dry or why are things not happening? in our lives. And perhaps somewhere, we just need to be open to say, God, I'll have it. I want to be wide open. I'll speak a little bit more about that. So don't let the enemy in any way, shape, or form. I heard someone praying earlier on about stopping you or like walking into a a brick wall sometimes in your life because of of whatever. And you suddenly find that you're, you're you're not going anywhere in some areas of your life or you're not, you're not, marching on in God. You've just come to a standstill. Be expectant of God. May the Holy Spirit of God move on you today because there's a world out there that is waiting for God's church. Does God heal? Does he want to heal? That's a question because I've read a few things recently and I'm not going to get into them, but even within the church, there's so much controversy about whether God wants to heal. And it's usually based on you've not been healed or somebody you've known's not been healed. And it's happened a few times and you may be thinking to yourself, well, does God heal if, if they weren't healed? I prayed for this and it didn't happen. You need to take that and you need to put that in your back pocket in some respects and start putting on some of the things that God wants to say in faith to you, God does heal, and he wants to heal. There's a scripture in John 14 and verse 9, um, where Philip, one of the Jesus' key men, said to him, Lord, you know, I know you're saying all these things are going to happen to you and get away, but Lord, show us the Father. Show us, show us God the Father, um, and, and that would be enough for me. Just show us that. And the words that Jesus answered to him, if anyone has seen me has seen the Father, if you want to know what God the Father is like, you've got to look at Jesus. Because we've got some funny ideas about God the Father. I don't have funny ideas about Jesus. I know that Jesus loves me. I know he's my best friend. I know he's in my life. I know he's here and there, but when it comes to the Father, sometimes you get kind of funny ideas. I used to picture God the Father like the some of you might not remember it, when the lottery first came out, there used to be the guy who used to say, it's you, which means you've won the lottery. And I used to think that God was like that and say, yes, it's you. I'm pointing the finger at you. But raised in the Catholic Church, you were brought up with that kind of sense of you were always guilty, whether you were guilty or not, but you always felt guilty, and it's you. And people have got funny ideas about God. And if you're not a Christian today, maybe you've got the idea as, I don't want to get too near God today because God might punish me. Uh, I don't really want to think about God because if I think about God, I've got to think about me and I've got to think of my relationship with God. And wow, you know, I really don't want to get too close for that. But as Christians, sometimes we think about the Father a little bit like that. Maybe God doesn't want to do this. Maybe God doesn't want to do that in my life. Maybe God doesn't want to bless me. Maybe God doesn't want to pour things into me at all. Well, Jesus said, look at me. If you want to see what God's like, have a look at me and you'll see God, the Father. Because I don't do a single thing of my own volition, of what I want to do. I don't do anything. I do what the Father tells me to do. I and the Father are one. 
And when I do things, that's straight from the Father. So if you want to know God loves you today, you better believe it, that he cares about you. What did he do, Jesus? Well, he preached the gospel. He told people that he was the light of the world. He died for our sins. He gave himself completely to us, but he also healed people. In Matthew 24 and 23 to 25, we read that Jesus went through Galilee. He was teaching, yep, good teacher. He was preaching the good news of the kingdom of God, and he was healing every disease. Every disease, not just some disease. He was healing every disease and every sickness. It said also that people brought him all who were ill with various sicknesses and disease and pains, seizures, paralysis, and he healed them. That was Jesus. And if that was Jesus, that was the Father. And if that was Jesus, that was the Holy Spirit, because Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one God. And by the power of the Holy Spirit of God, Jesus healed and ministered with every disease. You want to know if God loves you? There it is. Everybody that came to him got healed. Even the ones who didn't believe in him. Even the ones who only brought their children to him because they were sick. Have you heard about this? Jesus, he might heal your child. Who is he? Haven't a clue. I don't know. But I, I know he heals and they brought them and Jesus healed them. Now I don't know, but I just get the picture that some get healed, rejoiced and walked away and some stayed back and said, who is this guy that heals? Because it does say later on that many believed. Many didn't believe. Many walked away with the healing that they got and thought, this guy must be a prophet or something. They maybe didn't see him as the Messiah. But Jesus healed them nevertheless. That is the heart of God. And we have got to get that inside us and stop reasoning things out all the time. We've got to get that inside ourselves that God actually loves us totally and completely, unconditionally. He's amazing. He's wonderful. And he wants us to do that. In Matthew 14 and 13, another aspect to Jesus is he withdrew to a solitary place. John the Baptist had been beheaded and whether Jesus just felt, I need to go and charge up my batteries, I don't know. Or he just felt, I need to get together with my father because, wow, he's tired. He's feeling kind of worn out. He's been ministering, been doing a lot of things and this is shaking him up a bit. John the Baptist's father, he got with his father and he was speaking to him. But the marvelous thing about him was that... Um, he withdrew, and the crowds turned up again, trying to find him. Where, where is he? Where is he? I brought my children here. I've got this child who's taking seizures. I've got sicknesses. I've got diseases. And Jesus didn't go, oh, I'm just going to hide up this mountain, and I'll just stay out the road. It said he had compassion. He had compassion, and he healed the sick, all their diseases. So hard to think of Jesus taking a breath and thinking, Lord, not my will be done, but thine. Look at them, Lord. I have compassion. You've got compassion. I've got compassion. Bring them to me, and I'll heal them. And he healed them. And then he looked upon them, and he saw that they had no food, which I'm not going to get into today, but he decided to feed them as well. That's the heart of God, and that's what we miss so much of God, is he wants to do more 
than you can ever imagine, but he wants to do more than you can imagine that he wants to do, if that makes any kind of sense. He really does. He never stops blowing my mind. When I got saved, I, I wept for four hours. And every time through the years he does something special, I weep because I think I am so unworthy. And he breaks my heart again and again and again and again. Why do you love me so much, God? Because I just can't help myself. I just love you. And we've got to realize that he loves that world out there. I think, why do you do it? But he does. <clears throat> Jesus has compassion and he wants to heal people. He also wants us to see it with faith. He wants us to believe in him. He doesn't want us not to believe in him or not to think he's going to heal us. He's God and he's trying to sort of say, I love you. Do you not think I want to heal you? He wants to see some faith. We see the centurion who showed more faith than anybody else. He came, you don't need to. My servant, Selby, you don't even need to come to the house. Although for me, it would have been come to the house and stay for a week, <laughs> lay hands on him every day. But I, I believe, Lord, that you, you just have to say it. And he said, I've never seen faith like this. This is lovely. God wants to see that kind of faith in us that we will believe because faith it makes things happen. Basically, it's just believing that he can and he will do things and he will change your life. He wants faith and with faith, things can move. The woman with the issue of blood that came to Jesus and said, if I touch his garment, Jesus didn't even know about it. He didn't even know, and she came and she touched his garment, and power went out of him, and she was healed. And it was her faith, her faith that healed her. Jesus just, power was going through. Wouldn't it be great to be like that? Man, I'm walking about, and somebody brushes past me and gets healed on the spot. I dream of things like this. I really do. I think it's absolutely amazing and wonderful. I've got a friend of mine who got healed. Well, I think she's dead now. And the first time I met her, she was just, just lovely. She had a testimony. She had Parkinson's disease for 15 years. Her story was that um, she took it and she got so bad with it that she was shaking all over her whole body. 15 years, remember, was a long time. Five years or 10 years into it, she went down to a park and she sat in the park and there was two ladies sitting across from her on the bench and she thought she had mental health problems. And they spoke about her freely. And she went home and never left her house for five years. It was so bad. She just looked a complete and utter wreck. In that five years after it, her daughter had phoned her and said, Mum, there's a, a meeting, a healing meeting going on in Glasgow. Um, I can't do it with the kids, but if you can get there, Mum, you know, it might be something good for you. As she told her mum, her mum knew. This lady knew that if she got to that meeting, God was going to heal her. Getting to that meeting took faith. That woman couldn't walk properly. She lived in a high flat. She went down the stairs on her backside, getting down the stairs. She got on her feet. By the time she got to the bus stop, she was in some state. The bus came along. She managed to get on the bus and by the time she'd got to the other side, she was a complete wreck, and she got off the bus and couldn't go any further. And she just stood there thinking, I can't make the meeting. And another woman had happened to come along and said to her, where are you going? And what's up? Are you okay? She looked such a mess. This woman just had to stop. 
and she said, I'm trying to get to a meeting. And uh, it was an amazing story because that woman helped her to get to that meeting. And when she walked into the meeting, whoever was leading the meeting, I hope I get this right, but it was along the lines of, we'll just wait for her sister here to sit down. And she said, no, I have to get healed. And she went forward and they had this bench, basically. And when she knelt down on the bench, the guy brought her forward. The bench was shaking and he put his hands on her head and she was healed instantaneously. That was a mind blower. That was God. But the other thing was that she knew she had to get there. Sometimes, guys, we've got to wrestle to see God move. Sometimes we've got to, God, God tests us and tries us. Do you believe that I can heal? Do you believe that? That's why I say we've got to put some things in our back pocket. All the experiences maybe that we feel a little bit defeated on when things haven't happened. And just say, look, our God does heal. And we, whatever we need to do to break through, in that, to see the, the miracles that we do believe in and the, the signs and the wonders. And I'm believing right now that people are getting healed, whoever's watching in here right now. There's peop and people outside. God's touching your body um, because that's what the Holy Spirit does. And, you're, and there's a healing going on right at this moment in time. And the things that you prayed for for a long time are coming to pass in your life. I do believe that. That's quite easy for me to stand here, but I just believe it at this moment in time, because I've seen it so often that we just need to open up our hearts and see what God can do. It's an amazing story. Desperation in that woman got her to that place. Sometimes in our Christian life or sometimes in our walk, we just need to turn up for God. We just need to be there in the place where he wants us to be, but sometimes getting to that place takes a little bit of difficulty. Let me tell you this, my own testimony is I turned up. <laughs> I turned up for God. I remember it so clearly when I said to God, look God, I don't know if you're there. This was after Sunday had shared the gospel with me. I don't know if you're there, but if you can change my life, I want you to do it. And I remember just thinking to myself, but God... I don't want a Sunday God. I want seven days a week. I want you there 24-7 because basically that's where I need you. I can't do life. And I've not been doing life very great and very wonderful. So I need a seven-day week God. And I was desperate. So desperate. But God turned up seven days a week. He was really said, that's what I wanted, Dennis. That's what I've been waiting for. That's what I'm waiting for, for all my children. If you want to know what it was like, I was like a big empty vessel that basically God said, I found this guy, nothing of myself that I can pour myself into. I'm desperate to pour myself into my people, but there's all these little blockages that prevent them. I didn't have that blockage at that moment in time. I was so, so desperate. Another little story to add to it, and I'm, I'm working my way around here, but I remember being on a bus two months as a Christian. I had my Bible in my hand, I'm reading it, and an older couple, and please hear me in the right spirit here, said to me, what's that you're reading? I said, I'm reading the Bible. Oh, are you? You're a Christian? I said, yeah, I've been a Christian about six weeks, two months. They said, that's great. I knew nothing. <laughs> but at the end of the day, and they said, oh, what church do you go to? I said, I go to a little Pentecostal church in Glasgow. What church do you go to? They said, we go to the Brethren. 
I never thought a thing about it. I said, so what's the difference between the churches? And please hear me, I know many brethren people, so I'm not speaking, they're amazing Christians, absolutely amazing. But this couple said to me, you know, just that we don't believe in the baptism and the Holy Spirit. And I thought, oh, really? Why do all the churches have all these wee differences? And my bus stop came and I got off and I went up to my friends and I said, baptism and the Holy Spirit, what is it? And he told me and I said, I've got that. <laughs> How spiritual is that? I've got that. Oh, I've got that. And you've got that. Why? Because God poured it into me. I didn't even need to ask. Now, that doesn't happen like that with everybody. But it happened to me. Why? Because I was an empty container that God could fill. And sometimes we just need to open up and say, Lord, I'm an empty container because I'm always going to be in need of you. I'm always going to be in need of you. And uh, that's why I got things. And so, gifts of the Spirit... I'll say two things about that. I wanted to speak in tongues. So I got a book on it and I read it and I sat down. I didn't get any goosebumps, didn't get anything. I can remember the day. And I remember saying, oh, this says I can speak in tongues. So I did. Now, don't get me wrong. I looked round about me. I was in a field and made sure there was nobody within about a mile of me. And I said something along the lines of Sharunda. I thought, I almost went red in the face because I thought, that is so ridiculous. My brain totally rejected it. But it was like that. Why? I thought, I'm going to persevere. And before I knew it, I was speaking in tongues. And I thought, why? Because I want it. <laughs> I wasn't really, I just want it. I wanted everything. And there was so, and it's not, a, it's not a proud thing. It was just like, God, if it's there, when I get baptized, I didn't ask, should I get baptized? For me, it was just, Where's the pool? Now that's when you're desperate, guys. That's when you're really at the end of your rope. And you think to yourself, I, I, I can't do it without you. I remember healing once and, and I was sitting reading the Bible and God really, I would say, spoke to me and said, Dennis, see in church on Sunday, go and pray for the sick. And I thought, what? Go and pray for the sick. They'll get healed. And... Uh, for the next few days, I don't think I slept a wink. <laughs> you know how when your flesh creeps in and you think, did I really hear God? Go and pray for the sick. So I went to my pastor and said, the Lord's told me I should pray for the sick. And he went, oh, that's great. Smashing. We'll get a slot in for you. And I was terrified. Because what happens if they don't get healed then? I'm going to look an idiot. <laughs> an idiot. And so my spot came up and I said, God's told me to heal for the pray for the sick, you're going to get healed. And I prayed for the sick and the sick get healed. Other, other people, for the first time ever, fell down as well. It was, it was incredible. Just fell down. And um, I don't know what was going on with them, but it was just straight out of the blue. Now, that's not happened very often to me, but that was just things that were going on. And, uh, and it was exciting and wonderful. So I, I saw God heal the sick. I just wanted God. God, the Holy Spirit is looking for some way to land in you and in me. And he found somebody at that moment in time who was open. I, I have to say, am I still like that, God? Am I still prepared to listen to what you're telling me to do? How many opportunities can I miss? If I get too caught up in my way of thinking, sometimes we can miss so many opportunities and so many circumstances. I have seen God many times turn up in places, and it's places 
where I wouldn't have expected them to be just there in a situation and I recognize God in it and I realize that I need to continually be changing and thinking and being able to take it in. Going on from that, and I'm going to just charge on a little bit, is what about the church and his body? And I just want to read in Mark 16, verse 15 to 20. If I can have this one. I think I'm getting... I should have been reading one or two other scriptures as well, but I haven't got that far. So, um, <clears throat> Mark... I think this is where I am. Give me one wee second. 16, 15 to 20. Yeah. Jesus was leaving. That's what it was, yeah. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Tell them about me. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever doesn't believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name, they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up snakes with their hands. I won't get into that side of it, I've not done that. And when they drink deadly poison, it won't hurt them, and they will place their hands on sick people and they will get that well. These signs will follow those that believe that we will lay hands upon the sick and they will get well. You can't go far beyond that. And when Jesus left, he left and his Holy Spirit came, and his Holy Spirit came and filled us, and he filled us with power. And what he really wants to say is, I want to make the church look like Jesus. I want, I'm giving you the same power that he had here to reflect God, to show the world that what he is like. He wants us to heal. He wants us to go into the world. You know, people get saved because they get healed sometimes. Many people got healed by Jesus and then they followed Jesus. But when you're coming and you're ill and you're crippled and you're consumed by sickness and then Jesus comes along and makes you well, boy, that's going to change some of your thinking at the very least. And so the body of Christ is meant to reflect Jesus and everything that is going on. Okay. They will heal the sick. The church was meant to do what Jesus did. You will receive power to heal. Back to 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 7, it says that it was given for the common good. That's what it's about, guys. It's for the common good. And for the people that are in your life and your neighbors and your friends and your workmates and people like that. It's for the common good of people. Why? Because he loves all people. I went into a job that I didn't plan for. And it was, I won't get into the circumstances, but when I applied for a job, they came back to me and says, come for an interview, but would you consider this job in advocacy? Advocacy is it's mental health, it's learning disabilities, older people, and it's giving them a voice, giving them justice, making sure they get listened to when things are affecting their life, getting alongside them. I'd never heard of it. My wife, bless her, as soon as she said, come for that interview, go for that, Dennis, because that's you. And I got the job. And I've been in it nearly 20 years now. But I remember one year into it, one year, I thought to myself, Lord, why am I in this job? I wanted to change the whole world. I wanted to evangelize and do all these. 
Why are you doing this, Lord? They don't even like you, a lot of these people I'm working with. They don't even care about you. In fact, they use your name in vain all the time. They don't, they're not interested. They're interested in getting their problem solved. And Jesus said to me, or God said to me, just quicken to my spirit. He says, no, but I love them. It's not about whether they love me. I love them, Dennis. And it hit me, you know. God's not a respecter of persons. He loves all people. And then he said, and got on with the job. <laughs> God's kind of like that. And I've raised you up and I put you in there to do that. I hadn't planned that, I know. But if you belong to Jesus, then you've got to be wide open for God using you. And God, one of the biggest compliments I got was about five years later, an old guy that was wanting to be, I say an old guy, Jings, I look at myself now, but I'm about the same age. And he said to me, he said, Dennis, you're really good at this. That's the biggest compliment I got, I think, thank the Lord, I'm good at something. And I realized that God had raised me up quite naturally to bless people. And I thought to myself, wow, how you love people. How he loves all people, even the most wretched among us, which probably is us. He wanted to do that. And he cared. What I want to say, and I'm going to say this just very, very briefly, God wants us to give to people. He wants us to use the gifts that he's given to us, including the healing to minister people. It doesn't come in a 10-minute job, you know. Um, I, I, you don't immediately go out and do all sorts of things, but you can start somewhere in praying for people and find an opportunity. As I said, when I used any gifts, you've got to start with a faltering step. It's like a baby, it's like a child. So we've got to learn how to use, but you've got to start somewhere. I had this thought in my mind, and it was like Moses. When Moses got to the Red Sea, and he, and he, and he kind of, he was standing there, and the Egyptians are coming to get him, and the people have turned against him, and he must have been looking up to God and thinking, there's nothing I can do here, God. Nothing I can do. I'm standing here. What, what do I do? I would have been shaken because I realized I had nothing to give. And yet the Lord said to him, well, just strike it and the waters will part. Who are you kidding, Lord? <laughs> what a step in faith. Stand back, everyone. The Red Sea's about to part. Bang. I'm saying that because I was thinking just of the whole idea of in God. God supplies your every need. When you're asked to go and do something, you, you do it. And if you don't go shaking, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> because it's not about you. It's about what he can do. But so often, we want the comfort places. We want God to do it this way and this way and this way. And God says, I'm not doing it any of those ways. I'm doing it in a different way. I'm doing it my way. I'm going to be effective. Now, what I want to say here is every Christian can pray for the sick. Everybody can pray for the sick. But there are people here, and I know we've been talking about the gift of healing, and we've been talking about other gifts as well, but some people have something very specifically on them. And I, I, I did a little list of things, and I'm saying this particularly for people, because if this is stirring you up just now, and there are some of these things in, in your life just now, it may be that you've got a specific ability to minister and to heal people and that you need to do something about it. You maybe, I've dismissed the idea 
when you first heard it. You, you've maybe sort of heard it and thought, well, who me? I, I'm not worthy. You're maybe waiting on God to come and do something really amazing in you, and, and it's not happened that way, so you've let it go. But I do believe that there are people within God's church who hear from God, and God is raising you up to heal people specifically. I also want to say this, that sometimes healing if you're going to do that, you'll, you'll get a, a word of knowledge for a specific person and God will go and tell you to go and heal that person. And you know that God's going to do it. But I, I just put down a few things on the kind of specifics. Now, why I'm saying this, because I'm just kind of trying to balance up because I believe that um, we can use the gifts. I've used several gifts and I'm thinking, well, I'm, I'm, I might not just be able to use one. I could maybe use two or maybe can use three as the moment. But there are people who have things specifically on them, like prophecy, and it's powerful. And so is healing. So I'm going to just read these out before I close is this. One of the things if you, uh, on the gift of healing is if you desire to see people healed and you've got that strong desire, it's, it's in you. That's something you should be thinking about then. Number two, you, you believe in prayer for the sick and encourage others to receive prayer. Uh, the other thing I heard was you've got a sense on your life that this is something that God wants you to do. You've maybe had personal prophecies. You've maybe had scriptures that have spoken to you. You gravitate towards healing ministry. Maybe you yourself have been healed. Maybe you've had trials in the area of health. You're drawn to the teaching and healing. Every time you kind of maybe hear things, you get drawn to that. Plus, and I threw this in, your leaders recognize your ability and encourage you. And people have been healed through you. Maybe some, it may be all of these, but you have got a specific gift of healing. And I believe that God wants me to say that to whoever is listening today. There is something on you. And God wants you to step up. And he wants to use you in that gift. Now, I've kind of dashed through some stuff just now, but I'm just... Um, I just want us to pray, but there's so many things that I could say about healing. The things about the person that was healed, I hope that kind of stirs you up. Some of the personal testimony that you've heard from me, I hope that inspires you. Because the most important thing you can do is get inspired today in God and just open yourself up for to allow God to do these things. You know, people were praying today and, and we're talking about, you know, the, the kind of um, the church that we want to make such a difference in the world. How wonderful to just go out and to lay hands upon a sick person and see them get healed. Or to say to somebody, you know, God, God just laid it in my heart that I have to pray for you for healing and they get healed. You know, um, I just feel that, you know, that God wants to touch that area of sickness in your body and, and, and I want you to do it. And you maybe get up and you'll do it with very faltering steps and you think, oh my goodness, I put myself out here. But that's what God wants you to do. And you know, you go from faith to faith in that. You start and then God is able to, to say to you, you know, I want you to go and pray for this person at some time. And then I want you to pray for that person. I want you to be involved in that healing ministry. And he starts to lay things upon you. And each step he asks you to take as a faltering, shaky, faith-filled step. And you begin to lose sight of yourself. And you begin to get just so filled with God. And we need that so much. Guys, we need to get out of our comfort zone. And we need to be able to listen to God and then go forth. God is looking for us. And he's looking for 
people who are saying, look, if they don't want it, I'll have the whole lot. <laughs> I'll, I'll have every gift and every ministry. I'll have it all. He doesn't work that way. But I think sometimes the Holy Spirit is just moving around us saying, who, who, who will go or who will do? Now, I can say this. There's loads of times I haven't went. Loads of times. I think, dear God, you know, I missed an opportunity. I missed an opportunity. I was scared. I was, I was thinking, how are they going to react if I do this or do that or do the next thing? Let's pray. Okay. You know, there may be people that's right now you've been spoken to and uh, I know that they've got the Padlet um, and you can you can put something on that that maybe has made a, a difference to you. Maybe you feel that God's quickened something in you that you want to just share with the church. It may be that I've not just spoken a nice word but spoken right into your heart. Well, that's the Holy Spirit. It's got nothing really to do with me. I want you to just allow that to rest on you just now and uh, allow that to, to work within you. God's given you a gift, folks, and um, we need to start using it. Let's pray. Father, we do pray. I pray, first of all, for healing. Holy Spirit, that the people out there just now just listening in or watching, Father, I ask you to heal them where they are. Some of them have got... Real sicknesses, Lord. Some of them are really struggling, Father, with perhaps the whole idea of healing, Lord. Some of them have been praying for a long time, Lord, and maybe came to the conclusion, Father, you don't want to heal them. Well, I pray, Holy Spirit, you'll meet them where they are and you'll heal them where they are just now. You'll touch them where they are, right where they are, Lord. And that we'll hear wonderful testimonies, Father, and it would help us, Lord, as we go forward as church to use the gift of healing and to be able to minister to all those that are out there right now suffering and thinking there's no hope for them, Lord, and we can go along in your name, Lord, and we can restore and we can heal and we can show the love that is in Jesus. Not only did he die for us, not only did he pay for our sins, not only did he forgive us, but he loves us and he loves every practical thing about us, including our health, Lord. We ask, Father, this day, in Jesus' name, amen.